Just think of that. If you don't launch with some errors, your business, your social media business or any business, you waited too long, which means all those perfectionists out there are literally waiting too long. Brain is still the wild west frontier. We don't understand it. So he said, if you do too much of these psychedelics, he doesn't recommend it just because of the unknown factor. It was all about design and graphics and looking good online. That's what it was about back then. It was, it was truly man, well, manage your social media. All right, it's Ty Lopez. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm talking about how can you turn your social media into a business. I'm also going to talk, I want to talk about some mindset stuff, millionaire mindset stuff. I'm here with McKenna. Say hello, McKenna. Here with Joe Soto, social media expert. And uh, here with Zach. (laughs) Thank you. Bless you. And we're live streaming. Let me, I want to just start by right before this podcast started i was talking about one of the most important principles and this applies if you want to make money with social media or in anything in your life you have to become a master of systems systems if you could like imprint one word on your head it'd be master of or or one phrase master of systems and you know in the world of social media i know a guy that's 20 years old making seven hundred thousand dollars a month with his social media his instagram and youtube i've i've figured out how to make you know I probably in the last couple of years, just with social media alone, made 40 or 50 million bucks with social media. So I'm coming from a place where I've done it. I'm not just giving you head knowledge. I'm giving you real life experience on this. It's not just theoretical. There's lots of people making 10 grand a month and 100 grand. So Joe's here. I'm here. Zach's here. McKenna is here. And we're going to just talk about McKenna is a personal trainer. She uses social media, obviously, in the fitness arena. Zach is funny and uses social media to be funny. Uh, right? Why'd you laugh at that, Zach? Uh, I don't know. It was just funny. It's like you were saying, she, she, you listed her career. Yeah. Well, that and is then, your career. No, be I funny. know. It just sounded funny. He listed your attribute. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So here's the question with systems. Why do you need a system? And, here, and this is the reason why. Most people, especially... This, I'm giving you a secret of the 1% of people who are making a lot of money. When they wake up, the day is not that chaotic, okay? If your day is chaotic and every day is new and unknown, that sounds great, right? Oh, every day is new. Every day is unknown. Well, obviously, every day is somewhat unknown. But if you want to make money, things have to start fitting into a system. A system means it's predictable, when everything's unpredictable in your life, you'll have no brain power left to innovate. And so what's the problem with some of you is um, you can't, you're not practical-minded enough. Your head's too much in the stars, and you're never just making things simple on yourself. So for me, like, I try to, if I have to work on the same problem every day, I know I'm doing something wrong. I want to just have one innovative uh, thought in my brain per day and the rest of the day falls in line. So people ask me, Ty, when should I read? Well, make a system. Test it. Experiment. For example, read the moment you wake up for five or ten minutes. Winston Churchill used to do that. 
the great, you know, uh, leader in the UK. That's what he did. He had a system. He'd wake up at nine every morning and he would literally read a book and he would answer his letters. And so he had a system. Every day was predictable. You know, when you, when there's no predictability, you're like the wind, you're just getting blown from the left to the right and left, right. So make life easy on yourself. And if you ask me what system is the best, let's say you want to make money with social media. So you go, all right. And there's three ways you can make money with social media. Number one, you can sell other people's products. Number two, you can create your own products and sell them. And number three, you can do marketing for other businesses. So the first two I want to talk about today, which is how to make money from your own social media. So how much does it cost to create an Instagram? Zach. Uh, free. It was free for me, but I got in early. <laughs> okay. Ground floor. So it's free. Yeah. So that's the simplest system in the world. Not very complicated. Anybody can do it. And you could repeat it over and over. If you had multiple products, you could have multiple Instagrams. Very simple. Now, what do you sell? This is a big question. Because I recommend you start by selling other people's products. I just launched an online course, a mini course. It's at tylopez.com slash secrets. You should go check it out. It's very powerful. I was just recording the first video for it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm giving away. That's why I call it tylopez.com slash secrets. Giving away my secrets. And if I had to start over and had no money, I could put a system in place where I was making 10 grand a month. It would take me, I think, under 90 days to get there. Now, I got a little more experience with it. But those of you watching, you got a free platform. Instagram is free. YouTube is free. Snapchat is free. Facebook is free. Um, Twitter is free. But you know what? The only people really benefiting is Mark Zuckerberg because he owns Facebook. Uh, Larry Page and Sergey Brin because they own YouTube. Uh, Evan Spiegel, because he owns Snapchat. Uh, Twitter's owned by, you know, Jack Dorsey and all these guys. They're the main ones making money from social media. So what if you could flip the switch and you start to make money from social media and not just Mark Zuckerberg? So that's what we want to talk about. Someone says, Ty, the girl is a distraction. So we can put it back on Zach and Joe. The ratings go down when I go on Zach. <laughs> yeah, there's no more hearts or smiley faces going across any, any of the platforms. There's none. Really? It went totally silent. Yeah, it's the number. Oh, there you go. Look, they're going. <laughs> Instagram <laughs> went off. Instagram yeah. went offline, Zach. Yeah, yeah. I, I ran. Oh. I frightened Instagram away. Okay, so Joe, you you use social media as basically your business. Joe has eight kids and raises a family and makes a lot of money and you're doing you're doing seven figures you're making over a million dollars a year yeah and my wife you know we're talking about instagram she's got uh uh a hair bow business right hair bows hair bows okay so she does uh she's had she's done over a million dollars of sales a year really since 2014 selling wow. hair bows that you know through instagram through facebook and instagram 
those are the, really the two platforms. And it probably should be YouTube. I'm trying to talk her into doing Facebook Live, but just through Facebook ads and then also a few partner sites that have picked her up to sell her products. Yeah. But these weren't her products, meaning she didn't make them. Yeah. She just found somebody who made them and then she rebranded it herself on her own website. Huh. And we, we have um, her mom works for us full time out of our home. And we ship hundreds of, of uh, hair bows per day How and headbands. A, you know, like you, you wear headbands. What's that cost? What does somebody pay for a head bow? I know nothing. A hair bow. Hair bow. A hair I know nothing so, about you know, head, you've seen the girls wearing the headbands. So headbands and hair bows for little girls. Okay. So she started this business because she was buying hair bows for our daughters. And she was paying an astronomical amount of money for what she felt like she should be paying. She's like, I'm not going to pay 20 bucks for a hair bow. So she found them for like, you know, 20 cents. <laughs> right overseas she found she, she had to test different distributors she ended up coming up with some of her own designs mm-hmm. submitted her designs they would manufacture and make them and they would ship them over to us which is how it works so it's today. a drop shipping type business it is however we drop ship it from our own house so you're getting the yeah inventory. that way the customer gets it faster right i'm not against the drop shift drop <laughs> drop shift the drop ship lifestyle right but it does take longer for a product to come from like china yeah if you're doing it that way so what we do is we bring all the inventory in our home she has her mom work full-time pays her a full-time salary so our way of giving back to her mom as well her mom does a fantastic job sends out hundreds of hair bows and headbands per day out of our home that's awesome and she she started money out of nothing it's actually where i started my testing of facebook advertising as early as like 2013 i was trying to figure this out and when I actually was able to show how that worked for in social media, Facebook advertising, then I took it to the businesses that were part of my agency. Let's talk about an interesting company. I'm always watching different companies. Uh, Hims, you've probably seen this company um, advertising everywhere. They're one of my sponsors. It, I was telling you know Zach, my friend, I was telling him, I know why this company is doing so well. It's because 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. Zach told me, he said, Ty, once you notice that your hair is thinning, it's too late. So <laughs> um, for all of you listeners of mine who are like my friend Zach and are basically traumatized that they're losing their hair, maybe not all of it, but hairlines receding or whatever, uh, instead of turning to weird solutions or doing nothing, Turn to medicine and science. That's done well for people for the last, uh, I don't know, 100 years since modern medicine. So for hims.com is a one-stop shop. It's got hair care, uh, hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness stuff. Um, this is actually an interesting company because there's a lot of hair. I see these ads everywhere. In fact, I don't know what website I was on. It's just random hair thing. But this is what's cool about for hims. They actually connect you with a real doctor and medical-grade solutions to treat your hair loss. So, yeah, you answer a few questions, doctor will review, prescribe you, and then products are shipped directly to your door. So, great little tagline they have. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims is helping people be the best version of themselves. They've got licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss. So it's not, this isn't snake oil stuff. This isn't gas station counter supplements. This is prescription solutions backed by science. That's the key thing. Um, But it was created by a guy who knew some health conversations are easier online than in person. So you don't have awkward in-person doctor visits, long pharmacy lines. 
For him, connects you to real doctors online, saves you hours, completely confidential and discreet. You answer a few questions, a doctor reviews it, and if they think it's right for you, they prescribe your medication to treat hair loss, shipped directly to your door. So this is, everybody's talking about this, GQ, Men's Health, Esquire, Playboy. So here's my offer for you. They're a partner with me on the show. Order now. My listeners get started with the Hims Complete Hair Care, a uh, hair kit, for just $5 right now while supplies last and subject to doctor's approval. Let me say that again. My listeners can get started with the Hims Complete Hair Kit for just $5 right now while supplies last. So see the website for full details and safety information. This could cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or pharmacy somewhere else. So go to forhims.com slash tie. That's F O R H I M S dot com slash T A I for hymns.com slash my name tie. So let's talk about something that is talked about once in a while in business, but not enough. I was uh, talking with Alex, my business partner, about scaling uh, this new business we've launched. And he, of course, is always a little bit more. How do I put it? Gung-ho than I am about scaling. And so he's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's let's get the company up. And, and I quoted him something that I read. I can't remember the exact words now. Basically said, you can only scale a business as quickly as you can hire. You can scale hiring. And there's a lot of truth to that because I don't care what business you're in. The hardest part is not product development. It's not marketing. Marketing a good product is easy, you know. If you can't market it, it's usually because your product isn't good and nobody wants it. You know, you can't sell underwater basket weaving to the world, no matter how good your marketing skills are. If you pick something that people want, like Uber, pick something that people wanted, it just sold because, you know, Uber and Lyft, people didn't want to have to get a taxi and they want to have their own cars. So if product and marketing is not the hard part of business, especially when you want to scale, what is the hard part? In my opinion, it is growing your employee base, your assistants, your marketing team, you know, your right-hand man or woman, your COO, getting good accounting, bookkeepers. Like this is, you should focus for 2019 on being really good at hiring. And one of the reasons that I partnered, you know, on my show with ZipRecruiter is just because, it's a powerful tool because they actually, unlike most job sites, ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates for you. And, and that's, look, that's unfortunately, like Warren Buffett said, when he graduated from Wharton, he thought it was going to be really hard to make a lot of money because there'd be so many talented people in the world. And then he said he went out in the real world and it was like, wait a second, there wasn't that many good people. And for that reason, if you can use technology like what ZipRecruiter has, to narrow down the needle in the haystack in 2019, that's going to be, when you look back on 2019, you'll be like the domino that you pushed that made all the other dominoes fall in place was efficient hiring. ZipRecruiter is so effective. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. So you can start off this year strong. You just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash tie. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash T-A-I. ZipRecruiter.com slash tie. It's the smartest way to hire.
I actually started with the hair bow business and then went to the eight. I actually remember going to the restaurant and yep. saying to them, it works for my wife's hair bow business. Yeah. It'll work for your restaurant. And they believed me. They yeah. believed, okay, I think so. I think it'll work. And then we tested it and it worked. And then it became turnkey for the restaurants, which is how I got the restaurant niche in my agency business because I had all kinds of businesses like speakers and authors and so forth as clients. Right. Many of the ones authors you've read have been my past clients. But to get in the restaurant niche, it came from Facebook ads. So Joe, just so you guys know, I told you there's three ways you can make money from your social media. One of the ways that you can get, you can make money, it's actually number three, is you can do the social media marketing for authors, for restaurants, for doctors, for dentists, for landscapers, for construction companies, for comedians like Zach, uh, for celebrities, for rock stars, for rappers. Like there's a huge market for that. And for those of you who want to know more about that, if you go to tylopez.com, my website, there's a, there's a social media marketing agency link. There's, so now there's basically two things, two different programs that I have if you want access to them. The first one is how to build a social media marketing agency. And um, Joe is one of the teachers there, teaching how he's making a million dollars, over a million dollars a year, not even counting his wife's stuff, um, working from home. You know, We both work from home. Working from home, employing the family, eight kids, <laughs> living a great life. So that's one. And this, the newest program that I just launched at tylopez.com secrets is how in the world can you make sell your own products or be an affiliate using Instagram? So I want to take a few questions here because I've seen a ton coming. Um, somebody asked, what's your wife's sites for hair bows? It's girlyboutique.com. Girlyboutique. B-O-W-T-I-Q-U-E. Somebody said, somebody said Mark Wahlberg. They want to hear your Mark Wahlberg impersonation there, Adrian. Best way to market your Instagram and create a strong following. This is Amber, oops, Amber Scarberry. Okay. Here's the deal. Two things in my opinion. One, you don't need a huge following. No. On Instagram, 10,000 followers, mm-hmm. even 5,000 followers, you can start making. I mean, but I've seen my, people making My wife's money. only at 15,000, which is a lot, but it's not significant, right? Yeah. So she's at 15,000 Instagram followers, but she's over 105,000 on Facebook. Yep. But she had done, did a, did a million dollars in sales, and we were shipping hundreds of products with 30,000 fans on Facebook. Yeah. So you so don't like, have to have an astronomical number to be successful in it. And how do you grow your Instagram? There's really about three ways. One, you can just wait for it to grow, which will take for most people to get to 10,000. If you just wait for it to naturally grow, it's going to take you 30 years. So it's not a great way. Number two, you can do collaborations. And that's where what you see big Instagrammers doing now, like Jake Paul, if you look at people like... Uh, um, uh, Summer Ray, you know, they'll do exchanges with other people who have followers. That's a great one. And you can do that on YouTube too. I'll t- I talk about that in this tylopez.com slash secrets, but you know, it's a long conversation on how to do it. How do you get your foot in the door? But just, it's not as hard as you think because they want followers too. So you can start with just, if you have 3000 Instagram followers, you can go to your friend who has 3,000 Instagram followers and said, I'll post for you. You post for me. We'll make a funny video together. We'll make a viral video together. We'll do, you need to do something good, not just say, oh, post, you know, follow my friend. No one's going to follow. It's got to be something interesting, okay? So that's the second way. The third way you can do is you can 
do paid advertising or paid giveaways. And I've done all of these. I've let my, you know, in 2014 or 2013, I had, you know, a thousand Instagram followers. And now I have 2.4 million um, Instagram followers. Same with YouTube. In 2014, I had like a hundred subscribers. Now I'm like, oh, I'm almost at a million. I'm like 9,900,990. Literally. It's amazing. I need 10,000 left. But you don't need that much. Now, somebody said paid advertising is expensive. No, yeah, it's not. If, but if you can make your money no, back. No, it's not. Yeah. Look, now, Joe's an expert at Facebook. Um, you were telling, we were just talking about this restaurant pay, pay, that you were only spending $1,500 a month. And how much sales were you generating for them? Ninety thousand over over $100,000 a week, ultimately. But initially, it went right to ninety. But, but how but, much did you add? They were doing some revenue. They were doing 77000 a week. So you added about 25000 of per week. That's a hundred thousand, a million per year. A million per year, and you only spent about twenty grand for Correct. That. But let me let me also address this because you know when someone says social media is ex- is expensive or the paid advertising is expensive, they don't get it. Okay, so I don't I don't mean that to be harsh, but let me look at it like this. My wife's business when we first when she started doing the hair bows and headbands, she got the idea because she had a background in eBay. So she was an eBay power seller, which a power seller, I think, is somebody who's did $100,000 in sales on eBay and beyond. They become a power seller status. This was back in the day when I first met her. I saw how come I knew, hey, this one's for me, right? She's super ambitious. Zach, and She's entrepreneurial. Zach, you need so, a power seller. Yeah, go get a fight of eBay Bring power seller. Zach's looking for so, a sugar mama. Right. So for almost a year straight, we never spent more than 10 or 20 bucks ever in a day. Huh. And the average we spent on Facebook advertising for her hair bow business was $5 a day. Wow. We ended up getting picked up by some major sites like, like Jane.com and Zulily and, and sites like that that sell and started selling her products. She actually pulled away from Zulily because of how that it just wasn't very good for the business. And, um, but she gets featured every day, for example, on almost every day on Jane.com. And they have hundreds of thousands of subscribers. So that's also a strategy that you can use. If you're reselling another product, you can find deal sites that need products like yours to feature and sell. They just need you. To, you're yeah. the middleman. Yep. Uh, but here's also the other things you have to think about what, 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 you know, what you're looking at customer, customer acquisition, right? You know, what kind of money goes into it? When a restaurant says to me, 1500 bucks seems like a lot of money. It's because they don't believe that, you know, they can make 20,000 extra a week. Right. They don't realize they've never seen it turn into anything for them because they didn't know how to do it. Well, that's why there's such a market to help other businesses right now. I was just listening to- to the audiobook Titan Rockefeller. Everyone should listen to this book. Even if you don't, not everyone likes Rockefeller, right? Because he's a controversial person. But there's some very interesting takeaways for everybody. And one of the things was Rockefeller, he started his first real job outside of like his upbringing was as an accountant. And he always said, none of my competitors know their numbers better than me. And it's my competitive advantage. He understood his business's numbers. I was like, after I read this book, I was like, I got to get even better. I mean, I know my numbers, but he knew his numbers in and out, in and out. And he basically considered it his number one, you know, competitive advantage. So in the modern world, that was in the late 1800s, right? When he kind of rose up early 1900s, Rockefeller. For you and I, things have gotten more complex. The IRS code is more complex than it ever was taxes, accounting systems. Now we use software, right? Back then they would write it in ledger books. Um, 
And most entrepreneurs that follow me, when I talk to them about their accounting, it's all over the place, okay? All over the place. So you got one system for sales and one for accounting, one for inventory, too much time, too many different resources, and it's hurting your bottom line. So one of my sponsors is NetSuite, right? They're by Oracle, and they've got created a cloud-based business management software that handles all those aspects of your business, okay? So they're doing the all-in-one that everybody needs, okay? And that's why NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system. So NetSuite right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with a free guide, seven strategies to grow your profits. So go to netsuite.com slash my name, netsuite.com slash tie. That's netsuite.com slash T-A-I to download your free guide, seven key strategies to grow your profits. Let me spell it, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot C-O-M slash T-A-I. Okay, know your numbers and I wish you the best and I hope you become as big as Rockefeller and you remember you heard about it on my show and uh, you give me half your money later. No, I'm just joking. He had, I think, four to six hundred billion in today's dollars. So if my podcast helps you do that and NetSuite helps you do that, at least take me out to a steak dinner. Yeah, most people suck at marketing. One of the things, you know, I talked about systems. The other thing, really, just remember this. What is marketing? It is storytelling. And I promise you, this is the most important thing. Somebody said, Joe Soto, hell yeah. And then Max said, Zach is Louis C.K. Not sure what that means. That, that's a compliment for Zach. He, yeah, yeah, if you're talking about uh, wit-wise, bank account-wise, <laughs> that's a different story. He's not rich enough for you? Is that what you're saying? You <laughs> no, want to be compared to him? No, I'm saying I'd like to be like Louis C.K. Oh, with the, the bank But you're account. saying with the wit, you're wittier than Louis C.K. No, no, that, that's a compliment. Richer. Right, right. Uh, I yeah. get it. Zach's being cocky here. Um, no, I didn't say I was wittier than. I was just saying, oh, that is a compliment if we're talking wit. <laughs> so how good of a storyteller? Can you lower this just yeah. a teeny bit? Now, question for you. Somebody just asked, what about Kindle publishing or publishing your own book and selling it? Joe, if you wrote a book, what would you do to market it? How would you market it? I would come on your podcast. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. That would would you do one. Facebook ads? But here's the thing. Don't take that lightly because there's a lot of people that have podcasts out there that are looking for guests. Yeah. That, you know, they don't, it doesn't have to be Ty Lopez. There's hundreds of people that have a maybe a smaller following, but enough yes. that when you do enough of those podcast interviews to market your book, you're getting in front of different yes. audiences with your book topics. So I say it in jest, but I actually mean it. Uh, you, you would find and identify influencers that have podcasts. They're always looking for guests. Yeah. And, and some of them can't find enough of them. You know, I, that would be one way I would do it. The other way I would do it is I would build an online funnel to give away that book for free, maybe plus shipping. Yeah. And then lead them into something that you're going to sell them on the back end, like coaching. I would do Facebook ads. We have clients that do Facebook ads. We have clients right now that do Facebook ads. The biggest authors in the world, you know, the Brendan Burchards and these people, they're doing Facebook ads and funnels into their book marketing. Yeah. Every one of them. Yeah. Yep. Someone said, that girl's just looking into my soul. Why is she so quiet? I'm glad you guys are paying attention. Oh, I'm letting them talk. Because she doesn't like what she sees in your soul. No, no. This, <laughs> this guy is saying he's looking at you, and he oh. feels like you're looking in his soul. 
How do you make a business with YouTube and Twitter? So if you go to tylopez.com secrets, I've got an in-depth training on this, but I'm going to explain some now. Here's the deal. Vlogging is the future on all platforms. Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, obviously Snapchat, Facebook. So uh, 10 years ago, it was blogging. You would write an article. You see people that did blogs. Now, by 2020, by the way, 90%, 80 to 90% of all internet use will be people watching videos. So if you don't like to be on the video, you can have somebody else on the video. But it's important that you become a master of vlogging. And that is the beginning of YouTube. So what is what makes a good blog or vlog, I should say? Well, somebody said, Ty, your life was easy, Ty. You don't know struggle. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's my worst favorite assumption. People I think you found uh, all the time. your second episode yeah. of the, the hater debate. Oh, man. Yeah, did you guys see hear my hater debate? Um, no, I like reading all these comments. They're fascinating. <laughs> it's funny how the brain, it's like comments, which brings up a point about vlogging, by the way. The way to grow YouTube one way is doing YouTube live, which I'm doing right now. People forget YouTube live is big. There was a YouTube live. I forget what the YouTube live. And there was a million people were watching live. That's bigger than any TV show, basically, any sitcom, anything like that. So I think that it's important that you get in this world view that people want to watch stuff. And it's funny like, that people like argue with that. I'm just like, what's the biggest TV shows? Think about it. So if you take sports out. Okay, because I'm assuming you can't be a pro athlete. Maybe you can. What's the biggest shows? Reality TV. Once reality TV hit this town, Hollywood, what was the first reality show, Zach? Do you know that? Uh, I mean, if you want to, people, the real world. if they get real historical, they'd go back even further to a PBS yeah, show. Yeah, a PBS one. In the 70s that followed a family. Um, but what's but the first what one in kind of modern times? The real world on MTV, I think, was the one that, it's like 91, 91, something like that. And then what was some of the other ones? Survivor was the big yeah, brother. Is the one that really put, that made reality TV more of the norm. Yeah, it, that became prime time then. Yeah. Yeah, Survivor, which to me is a little bit, but now you got the Kardashian show. Oh my God. Kylie Jenner has her own show. But notice something. Everything now is moving from TV reality shows to Snapchat reality shows. YouTube, look at the look at Jake and Logan Paul. Jake Paul was over here at my house not too long ago. We just got his book yesterday, my 13-year-old. My 13-year-old had me order that book, true story, and it came yesterday. And he started reading it yesterday. My 13-year-old huh. was reading Jake. And I didn't even know who Jake Paul was. That's sad. But he knew, he, you know, he, he's like, oh, yeah, he's a social media mega superstar. He's a, he's, and I missed him on your show, apparently. Yeah, one thing about Jake Paul that's interesting is that um, he was Disney. Got him and his brother were Disney. That's right. Somebody said, are you a vampire, McKenna? She's a Scorpio. I'm definitely not a vampire, though. I'm, <laughs> I'm not into the whole... Blood. Sam Kellogg said, Ty, I'm, a ha I'm definitely a hater, or I'm honestly a hater, so prove me wrong and tell me how you made your money. Well, I just told you at the beginning of the show, I've done 40 or 50 million just from social media. I own the biggest book club shipping uh, company in the world, Mentor Box. It's a club. Amazon's the biggest book shipping, but besides Amazon, uh, it makes about 50 grand a day now. Um, I own a sleep 
a company that helps with sleep stuff. We're just expanding into mattresses now. I owned a wealth management company. We manage about $100 million for people. Owned a real estate investing company. Uh, nightclubs. Been a business consultant. So I've done a couple things in my day to make money. And sometimes people go, it's funny how people want to know like one thing. They're like, Ty, what's the one thing? I don't understand how you make money. And I'm like, I purposely built my life to have multiple flows of income. The average billionaire has, uh, sorry, the average millionaire has over three, depending on what study you look at, between three and seven different sources of income. I own an apparel line. In fact, today, if you saw my Snapchat, Charlotte is uh, launching a new line of t-shirts and fitness apparel. So, man, you know, I'm, I'm, my one thing that I'll tell you, and Joe and Zach and McKenna will probably agree with this. People have different personality types. My personality type is a little bit ADD, but you don't want to be too ADD or you'll be broke. But I mean, I get bored if I do the same thing for too many years. I gotta, I have to switch. So, what I do now, because I got a little smarter is I found people who love to do one thing for 10 years in a row. I put them as the CEO of the business. I get the business off the ground. With MentorBox, let me just tell you this. This is the, people ask me, like, what's your favorite company you've ever launched? MentorBox. Let me tell you why. MentorBox doing about 50, between 40 and 50,000 a day in revenue. It's profitable every day, too. So there's cost to that. It's not all profit. Doing some paid ads. Yeah, we've done paid ads. Um, it's fascinating. We're now going into corporate sales. It's kind of like the Netflix for books, right? That's what that's what um, MentorBox is. But Alex, my business partner, I told him on day one, you do all the work. I'll come up with the ideas and the big picture. And he goes, okay, I love that. And I was like, great. I love that you agreed with that. <laughs> and so I do one hour a week, and it makes over a million bucks a month. And I'm sorry, one hour a month. I put so I put in about 12 hours of work, maybe 15 or 20 hours in the last year. And, you know, it's doing over one to two million dollars a month in revenue. That's my favorite business because I got 10 times the result with 10 times less work. And a lot of people that are watching this are are getting advice that life is just about grinding it out. And, you know, well... There is truth that you will need to grind. There is truth that you will need to put in hard work. But smart work where you use your brain always beats hard work. And so when it comes to social media, for example, how did I figure out how to make money with social media? And, you know, Kim Kardashian got on the cover of Forbes. She made $50 million, they said, from social media. And, you know, she did that in one year. I've. I did it in two years. So I'm not as big as Kim Kardashian, but I, I've done a lot. You don't have your own emoji yet. I don't have my own emoji. Well, but but let me just, to be fair to myself, Kim started in 2008 and yeah. I started in 2015. Right, so. so now I'm not the best. I'm not trying to brag. What I'm saying is you should have hope. Two years it took me. So even if you don't have the same success level as me, it's not hard in my opinion for me, if I had to start over to make a hundred grand a year, which is a great living. I mean, to make eight grand a month from social media is child's play. I had a, uh, earlier this year, I had Liz on 
wasn't a podcast, but I had her on my Snapchat. She's, uh, I don't know, 30 years old. She was born in Mexico, came to America. It didn't have much money. And now she makes $500,000 a, a month drop shipping on Amazon. You know, she drop ships. Um, you know, she drop ships uh, cosmetic stuff she has. She has quite a few different businesses. So it's huge. It is huge. And the main thing holding you back is not knowing the strategy. And there, there's a good book. It's the Four Pillars of Execution. I posted like how to do stuff. And you have to realize part of execution is strategy. So some people go, just dive right into it and just launch your business. And I see people doing that with social media. They go, I'm just going to make money on social media. I'm just going to do whatever. I don't need to read any books. I don't need to take any courses. I don't need to learn from any mentors. And I see them like five years later. <laughs> and I'm like, what is wrong with you? You haven't grown at all. You know? So I'm all about growing as quickly as I can that's healthy. You can grow too fast. I've actually had businesses that made too much money too fast and you end up misspending it or you just get lazy, but you want to do it as fast as you can. That's the key. For some of you, it's going to take you 20 years to become a millionaire if that's a goal of yours. And some of you will never become a millionaire even if you want to because most people are dumb. That's you know There's a lot to be said about learning your type of routine as well, knowing how you learn. and So how do you learn, McKenna? Well, I know I'm a little bit sporadic, and that's fine. It kind of works for me to go off a whim unless it's with training people because I'm on a schedule, they're on my schedule and all that. But with learning, I can be looking into a couple things at a time, and um, I actually try to do it first thing in the morning, read, write. And, oh, meditating, by the way. If you don't meditate, you probably should. Zach, do you meditate? Thoughts a little bit. Do meditate. I meditate? Yes, meditate. every day or meditate. Oh, meditate. <laughs> meditate. Meditate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually, if I'm high, <laughs> I end up meditating. Zach never gets because I just That's sit there and I drool. Do. Zach gets drunk. <laughs> no, no. I I do meditate. Yeah, I like meditating. Yeah. Organize your brain a little bit. So, Joe, for you, who did you learn from? You know, it's, it's interesting because some of the people I learned from, I ended up manifesting in my business years later. So, one of the first books I ever read was the book. Uh, the Sales Bible by Jeffrey Gittimer, because mm-hmm. I was trying to hone my sales skills. My uncle told me long ago, I actually just lost this uncle, who gave me some really good advice when I was very young. I was like 20 years old, and I had two kids already. He said, listen, master sales, right. and you'll never be broke. Yep, You'll always figure something out because you'll know how to sell whatever it is you're selling, whether it's to people. So I started studying sales. So Jeffrey Gittimer, Harvey McKay, mm-hmm. he wrote Swim with the Sharks Without Being Eaten Alive, along with some other really cool books were two of my favorites. Og Mandino wrote the yep. greatest salesman in the world and a lot of other great books. All three of them became clients many years later. And in did fact, you learn and, from and the, them? Were you able all to? All of them I learned yep. from, and they became my mentors long before I ever met them. Yep. Uh, now, when I met them, they became early mentors. So uh, especially Gittimer and, and Harvey, early in my agency, had faith to take, let us take on their businesses and help them. I was the first, I, I helped Gittimer get on LinkedIn. He was never on LinkedIn, right? He's now he's got tens of thousands of followers on LinkedIn. Did he take you out to dinner for that? <laughs> yeah, a few times. He actually mentions <laughs> me in two of his books, including the revision of the sales Bible. Huh. And he mentioned that he so hired me for LinkedIn. So you turned your mentor LinkedIn. into your allies. I did, but one of the things that came from it was, 
you know, they, they, I, by seeing how they worked in their business, by seeing how you work in your business, by seeing right. how they worked in their business, they, they were mentoring me almost indirectly. And Harvey actually gave me, you know, real advice. I ended up joining his mastermind program. This is a $75,000 a year mastermind program. Okay. I ended up speaking at the one the year prior, and then he invited me into the mastermind group the year next year later. Okay. Um, you know, but sometimes you have to just have your eyes open to what these mentors are teaching you, even when they're not directly doing it. A good example is looking at how you guys launched the mentor box that you just talked about. Mm-hmm. If those of you that are subscribers in the mentor box, you've seen over the last few months, it's changed. It's improved. It's gotten actually better every single month. I'm a subscriber to it myself. And I've noticed that the materials that are included in the mentor box have changed and gotten better and improved, which shows me that he has a process for when it's good enough to launch, launch it. Once you've got the strategy and everything else in place, he launches it without it being completely perfect. Right. And then what I saw was there's actually, um, I don't know how many people really paid attention to this other than you guys, meaning maybe Alex and, and his team, but you guys launched it with a glo- glossy colored workbook that you couldn't write in. And I remember grabbing my pen, and I couldn't write in the workbook. I'm like, the whole page, every page is glossy. I said, I like that they improved the quality, but I need paper inside right. to write notes in. Yep. And then the next month, it came out with paper and not glossy inside, but glossy outside. You guys kept improving it. Yep. Oh, so you guys put listening devices in the mentor boxes? So we could hear <laughs> We eavesdrop. That's the only way I can see that that would have happened. Well, but I, my point is when you launched the mentor box, it, you didn't do it perfectly. Right. And, and it came in a, you know, a cardboard brown box the first month, I remember. Yeah. In the second month, you had your own glossy color, nice mentor box because you're reinvesting back in the business once that cash flow is coming in. It's just Which, smart. By business. the way, if you study like Mark Zuckerberg, he says if you don't launch with errors, you waited too long. That's such a great quote. Just think of that. If you don't launch with some errors, your business, your social media business, or any business, you waited too long, which means all those perfectionists out there. Are literally waiting too long, and and I, it is good to be a perfectionist in some things, but it's possible to be too slow. You know, it's literally possible to be too slow. So I just give you an example. What if you're a perfectionist and you're not going to launch your version of Netflix until it's the perfect Netflix? Until you have shipping, digital book, I mean, digital downloads like Netflix is now. Well, guess what? They launched. What year did Netflix come out, Zach? 2001, maybe? 2001-ish. When they launched it, Just there DVDs. was no downloads. They would mail you DVDs. So if you would have waited till the DVD technology came out so you could have a more perfect product, well, guess what? You would have lost the first mover advantage, which is what they call Netflix. Uh, Netflix advantage now. Facebook has a, one of the... They weren't the very first mover, but they still have what's called a first mover advantage. And once the first mover advantage gets locked in long enough, ooh, it is hard to be. Hard to be. Now, a lot of, I hear a lot of people talk about, and I think most people understand, don't wait till it's perfect. Yep. Do it when it's good. But how do you know where that line is? Because some people can go too early. It's still not good enough. How do people figure out that? Like that jokes sometimes? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, that that line of it goes from not quite good enough to launch, but you know what? Now it's right. good enough to launch. It's not perfect, but what how do you, you kind of gauge? That, in, in social media, this is easy to answer. In your business, it might be a little bit more complex. So I'm excited to hear what he says. But for me, when we started, when we started our company in 2010, we we I was I had, had owned a sales training company for 10 years prior. 
and we kind of completely reinvented ourselves. And I'll never forget sitting on my door stoop, you know, or outside my house. And my, one of my good friends comes over and he looks at me and says, what are you doing? Yeah. I said, what? He says, I just saw you in the paper that you just launched a social media company. So we got a story done on this. And I said, yeah. And he goes, and it says you're going to be a national, you're going national and you guys just started last month. I said, yes. And he said, but you're, you're the sales training guy. Right. And I said, well, now I'm the social media guy. And he's like, well, well how, who, who appointed you that? I said, I did. I got to figure out right. how to make more money. I said, so I said, but here's what I figured out. I knew enough that was this much more than the average business owner. Actually, it was quite a bit more about social media than the business owner because I had read and studied and started immersing myself in some of the early strategies that was working with social media. This was back when they didn't have Instagram. You know, yeah. it was Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, uh, Twitter. And I knew, I, and I taught our sales team, I taught our group that as long as we know more than the average business owner, we're going to be able to help them. And quite honestly, I kind of feel bad for our first 75 clients, right? maybe first hundred. But did you help them? We helped them because, because back then they didn't have paid advertising. So what they wanted back then, what, what the want was back then, what the need was, was they wanted an online presence. They wanted a better digital presence. Yeah. They felt like if we don't have a good website, a good blog, we did like hundreds of blogs. If we don't have a blog, a website, because yep. that was the big thing then and we don't have a Facebook and Twitter, if we're not on those pages, I'll never forget a client calling me and he says, how do I get to my Facebook page? Where, where do I find Facebook? And I said, it's facebook.com. <laughs> oh my God. I'll never forget the client calling me. And I'm like, man, that's all, all you gotta know is the URL. <laughs> all you gotta know is the URL. But so when he, when he called, when he, when, when he called, but that was my clue. But our first 75 clients, we gave them an online presence. We gave them, it was all about design and graphics and looking good online. That's what it was about back then. It was, it was truly man, well, manage your social media. That's a lot different today. Yeah. Today, it's a, a good example was, I was telling you at the break, we brought on a new med, med spa. And they do, you know, Botox and laser treatment for, you know, for men and women. They do hair and nail and all this and massages and all this. So we bring on this med, this med spa and they have her, her daughter, the owner, the daughter does all the social media posting for the business. And she does a great job of what we did back in 2010, 11, and 12, right. which is Facebook management. And so, you know, Instagram management, great looking content, great looking posts, very visual. You could tell she knows what she's doing with video and, and photos, but has no idea how to get anyone to see any of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So we said, okay, we want to charge you our bottom line fee of $1,500, which takes us about five to 10 minutes a day worth of work, by the way. So $1,500 a month you're charging. $1,500 a month. This is, that's, our, that's our bare bottom barrel fee that we'll charge just to advertise the content she's posting. Now we'll help her with more of the content strategy, yep. but we're going to just plus do the ad they management. Have to pay the, they pay the cost of... Oh, oh yeah. So it's 1500 plus 1000 a month for, for Facebook ads. So okay. it's 2500 all in every month. And you'll spend 1000 for them on Facebook. Yes. And we'll, this is we'll very, manage way, that fee. Those of you in my social media marketing program, um, this is I talk about different price points. 1000 2000 5000 10000 Somebody said Snapchat is dead. That is not true. <laughs> Snapchat, people are idiots. Your Snapchat might be dead. <laughs> That's what, what people say. Snap, your Snapchat ain't dead. Snapchat still has, I think. That's like saying email's dead. Yeah, Snapchat has 100 million <laughs> active users. So I don't know if I'd ever call a business that has 100 million people. That's one third, basically, of the United States. And that is about, well, it's bigger than most countries. And didn't it's, a pretty smart company just offer to pay... Tens of millions of dollars for them? Billions. Yeah. Yeah. Facebook. Tens of, I mean, tens of, yeah, of billions. 50 billion or something like this. Yeah. Snapchat has at least eight years of life. It depends on how innovative Snapchat is. So uh, let's see. The future of business is future virtual reality advertising. Maybe. 
I'll tell you a cool little rule. One of my mentors yesterday sent me an email, Dr. David Buss. It's called the the rule of 100s. So it's different pieces of advice where percentages add up to 100. It said spend 70% of your time on stuff that works now, 20% of time uh, on things that you are pretty sure will work but don't necessarily, you've never done, and spend 10% of your time on stuff that's just crazy harebrained ideas. So some of you, you get these ideas, like I don't know if virtual reality is going to replace social media. That's somebody's theory, but theories are often wrong. If you look in the last hundred years, man, theories are usually wrong. So what I do, spend 70%, that's what I'm saying, people are forgetting right now that Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube can make you rich. You know, so my question is, why aren't you getting rich on what there is right now? And then, of course, you'll have to continually innovate. You're going to have to continually innovate. And when it comes a time when virtual reality replaces Facebook, then you switch. One of my mentors used to say, Ty, don't be the first or the last to do a new idea. Never be the first or the last. Facebook was not the first, right? MySpace. First you had, well, in before MySpace, you had Facebook. And before Facebook, you had chat rooms. Zach used to be mm-hmm. on chat rooms. I never did chat rooms. Zach has some, he used to meet girls in chat rooms. No, that's not true. You told me <laughs> no, that no, one girl, no. the goth girl. No, the, uh, that was, yeah, that was kind of a, <laughs> he met this a very odd story. Unattractive. No, but. Um, Tell that story, Zach. No, she might be watching. No, <laughs> tell the story. Zach has a great story of meeting a goth girl. I didn't know she was going to be goth. Just tell it. Yeah. So start when you drove up. It was back when I was in school, and and so we agreed to meet at Borders Bookstore. Where did you meet her? Where did you meet her? (laughs) At Borders Borders Bookstore. No, no, where did you meet her online? Uh, It was was like AOL. AOL, Yeah, back in AOL days. So you were on chat rooms. um, Thank you. And, uh, um... Yeah, but I didn't go on there to meet girls. I right. was me and like uh, Randy and other people. So you go would, on there to meet men. Okay, no, I get it. No, no, we would. We <laughs> no would go on just it was like file sharing music. It was entertainment. No shame, and, and we would, that. No we would, shame. We would like goof around. But anyway, this one, yeah, this one particular Flirt time and stuff. I uh, agreed to meet this girl at Borders Bookstore, and um, when she said, "Oh, you know, I'll sit on the bench out front," and uh, this is before <laughs> cell phones. You know, I didn't have a cell phone at the time, so uh, pagers. So I drive and I pull into the parking lot, and uh, sure enough, there's this girl sitting there by herself on the bench, and I don't know, she's you know got thighs and separate zip codes. That's how big she is, <laughs> and she uh, is dressed to golf, like dark, and, like oh the God. net hose and all that stuff. So I drive, I, I <laughs> drive by. my favorite part of this story. I see it's her. This is the best part of this story coming up right now. I see it's her, and I guess she recognizes that it's me because I'm looking at her, kind of confused. And uh, she stands up to like welcome me, and I gun it, and I take <laughs> off. Drive oh, I took oh, off, no. and um, she she got in her car because I could see I was having to go around the parking lot. And she got in her car and started following me and chased me, and I lost no. her in a I lost her in a um <laughs> a in police a, like, chase. No, no, yeah, yeah, he in lost a, um, her in a, he was doing like in a housing donuts a housing neighborhood. <laughs> And then, then whenever I got back, you know, I had a message, you know, what happened, what not. Oh, she's ch- in the chat room. Yeah, yeah. And I said. um... Uh, I said, oh, I thought we had, ag- I didn't see you. So I thought maybe we had agreed to the other borders and I drove there and I didn't see you there. So I figured, you didn't know, you? you stood me up kind of thing. And I that, played dumb. Hey, played here, dumb? the funniest yeah. thing about Good that choice. story, the best thing about that story is that's not even the only time 
Tell what? them about the no. mobile home girl. <laughs> no. Yes, no. Zach, no. Tell me. I can't do that on this podcast. That takes too long, and it's but sad. Wait, wasn't that a girl that was from a chat room, too? Because you didn't know what she looked no. like. No. No. I think that was MySpace. Like, I got catfished on MySpace. <laughs> Basically, Zach ended up in a mobile home. What Was that in Charlotte, North Carolina? It was South Carolina. It was in South Carolina. Beach. He ended up there. He goes to mobile home. They open the door. And They're in Moomoo's. People don't know the, what Moomoo's are. Google it. Google. <laughs> Google like, women wearing a Moomoo. It was her and her. Wearing, <laughs> no, no. It. it was. It was. Um. It was her daughter that answers the door, and she's all like five or six. Wait, she her. Oh, five year old answered the door. Okay. Yeah. And so I walk in. And there's uh, there's the moo-moos. Well, yeah, yeah. So the, it's like the girl I'd been talking with, her mom was on the couch. I don't know, watching Maury Povich or something. <laughs> but she goes, oh, you must be so-and-so's friend. <laughs> and uh, she says, she's just right, right in the back. So I went back there, and, and sure enough, there was this, you know, rather large. Did she look like the woman. pictures on MySpace? No, 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 no. She was <laughs> she the really- exact opposite. Zach, of the photos. The mobile home wasn't a clue. Man, Instagram is Oh, weird. man, we uh, and we talked on the phone one time, and she was telling me about how she witnessed her kid get hit by a truck. Mm. I don't think that's true. <laughs> like, <laughs> Nothing is real. She so was, the moral she was of the story up. is before Facebook, before MySpace, before um, Friendster, there was Zach. Yeah, yeah. On <laughs> chat I, I got I got catfish before catfishing was cool. <laughs> Before it was called that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's take a few questions, then we're going to wrap up here. Um, Evan Rogers said, women get with the pool boy anyway. I think Evan Rogers had a bad experience because he's completely <laughs> he's jaded against women. <laughs> if anybody brings up pool boy, he's angry. <laughs> don't don't mention the word pool. Or mailman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what do I think about drop, drop shipping? Huge opportunities. Huge what would you say about that, Adrian? Adrian, we have <coughs> Donald Trump Adrian here. Drop shipping, it's gonna be huge. How about your clients? <laughs> do it on the do it in the live do it in the Zach's microphone. What we're gonna say? Drop shipping will make you billions and billions and billions <laughs> and be, billions. It's gonna be huge. It's gonna be huge. <laughs> we had uh, the president of of this house pop in, Adrian, Adrian Trump. Uh, do social media pages have first mover advantage? I mean, you can create, if you create an Instagram and you want to, let's say, make money by becoming a food blogger or a travel blogger. I have a friend of mine, James, wherever he travels, he contacts the hotel ahead of time. He says, I got a huge social media following. And hit by huge, he only has like five, 10,000 followers. But really? Yeah, he got 10,000, which is more than most people. A lot of people have a thousand, or I know people. Have, well, he's have, probably accustomed to saying something is huge when it's really not. I'm gonna, as tell, huge. Him, I'm gonna tell him you said that. Yes. <laughs> but it's, it's glad bigger than dog, most of the customers coming in. I'm guess. glad that Ondo is doing that right there. <laughs> While <laughs> Snapchat that. <laughs> My dog's in the background here. He decided to. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> so. Uh, what my friend? So what was I just talking about? You that before Facebook and MySpace, there was chat rooms. No, no, no. Dropshipping is huge. Oh, I was saying, if you want to become huge. a food blogger, or you want to become, you know, uh, my friend does fashion vlogging, and he'll just post a video at the hotel. He gets free resorts around the world. 
it pissed me off because I have like two million followers and I didn't never thought of doing that. And I'm like, damn it. If you're getting free nights, I should get a free week, you know? Yeah. So, um, Ty, what company propelled you to the next level? You mean companies that I launched? I mean, it's all been cumulative. I don't, you know, a lot of people are looking for this story. Like Mark Cuban was over here and he told me, Ty, one day I woke up and I was a billionaire. The day before I wasn't. And, and that's a very rare story that you just make a ton of money right away. You know, it's, be, it's better to make it like you're going upstairs. The first stair is make a hundred bucks a month from your social media. The next step, a thousand bucks a month. The next step, 10,000. And then you can try to get to a hundred thousand a month. But a lot of you can just stop at 10 grand a month, you know? Ty, you should bring in fashion, food, travel influencers. Yep, we'll be doing that in the course, tylopez.com slash secrets. I'll be giving you secrets that I've learned. I've spent over $20 million of my own money testing things on Facebook. You'll be learning my techniques, and you'll also be learning the techniques that uh, other people teach. How long should it take to get to 10, 20, 50,000 followers on Instagram or Facebook? Depends. Totally depends. McKenna says depends. Somebody, the Raul says your friend is cute. (laughs) What do you say, Joe? To get somebody, if you have a customer who hires you, you make money through way number three, method number three, which is manage other people's social media. What if somebody says they want to get to 50,000 followers on Facebook? How hard is that? First of all, there's very few local businesses that serve a local market that's going to get to that number. So it's unrealistic. But I'll give you a great example. So today, I mean, literally just today, I can show you my phone. I got a photo from a client, and they said, these are interesting Facebook stats. They screenshotted that of all the local businesses, this is a restaurant, that are in their area, Mm -hmm. meaning in their town, okay, uh, that are competitors of their restaurant, that they consider to be competitors getting the same guests coming into their, their, frequenting their restaurant. They are now surpassed. They're number one at 4,950 fans. Wow. Okay. Now, that's all it took to get the number one, which is really sad, yeah. right? All the other restaurants in the town yeah. are under that number. Yep. So to them, that's a huge success. And what you do is once you're that restaurant or your customer that's paying you money, it, you get them to be 5,000 followers and no one else has that. What you do is you then put, get put on their website the most the number one, the Follow, most liked, yeah. most liked restaurant most on social liked media, restaurant in the city. Yeah, and that's yeah. true on social media. That's correct. Five thousand. If it's yeah. true, not only that, that, that becomes true. your case study to go yeah. sell more clients. No, but I'm talking so, about from the restaurant. Correct angle. for the restaurant, but from your for angle, sure. well, if just, you're the here, social media here's marketer. A, here's a funny story to that. What you just said, though, when when they first started, I said, um, "This is what I said for Yummy Pig Barbecue, which is in Leesburg, and they are a, a restaurant." Yummy that I ha- Pig. What is it? Yummy Pig Barbecue. You know that's in the South, Zach. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's in, Who it's wants in, to get some Yummy Pig? Well, <laughs> I like it. It was actually, an, it, that was actually a company that I took on and negotiated that because they couldn't afford my services. Yep. And it was, it was a company I took on and I negotiated to get a percentage of their business, a fairly large percentage of their business. Huh. And I said, for three months, then I'll run all the Facebook ads and I'll put in all the money. Yep. But after three months, I know I'll move the needle enough to where you can afford my fee. Yeah. You're going to pay me my fee. You're going to pay my, my monthly fee. I'm going to keep my ownership, yep. and I want a credit on all the food I eat in the restaurant yep. for my family. That's a whole other <laughs> window. We Hold can. on. But <laughs> yeah. the day they started, okay, I said, well, here's the first thing I'm going to do. I said, you guys have new, they call it New American Barbecue. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I said, you're a barbecue fusion restaurant. You're better barbecue than other places. I could tell that the owner, the chef is the owner. Mm-hmm. I said, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, I'm going to put, you know, five-star review, the best barbecue in Leesburg. Okay. And she says, well, who says that? I said, we're going to say it. She said, well, no, we haven't been reviewed as that. I said, no, you're going to review it. We're, going to put, we're just going to put five stars and put the best barbecue, in quotes, in Leesburg, with no name underneath it. Right. <laughs> and that was it. And it became that. It has become that. You're in Virginia. If you ever come to, you come to Leesburg, you've got free barbecue also, for you and your crew. You could just put your name under You could just put your LLC. You could say, buy Joe Soto yeah, says you, it's the best. <laughs> I you, mean, that's what you, reviews you, are. The a point is, you, you've got to say it about yourself first. But it, but then, yes, like you said, here's you know my response back was the te- to the text? Yeah. They're at they're at forty nine fifty, and I said by next week you'll be over five thousand. And they they you know <laughs> they're, they're all excited. They're so excited. Forty nine fifty, but that's realistic. That they'll yeah. probably get about fifty new fans next week. Yeah. But to them, that's that's superior growth compared to what they ever got before. They started at like twelve hundred fans. No, yeah. I think it was like eight hundred fans, and yeah. that was like a year and a half ago. Yeah. And so and she sent back party hats and all that. She was excited. They're genuinely excited. So you so you know I don't have to send back and say I'll get you to fifty thousand by January. No, right. it's unrealistic. It's not going to happen. And they don't need that to be excited. What yeah. makes them excited isn't what's going to make five, you. You need five, ten thousand. You guys can make money. You know, make money from your own soil. Don't just let Mark Zuckerberg, Evan Spiegel, uh, don't let them make all the money. Kevin Sistrom owns Instagram. Ty, using your mentor program, let's see here. Could I turn 400K into 4 million? Well, I've seen it done. I've seen people do a lot more than that, and I've seen people lose 400 grand. It comes down to the quality of execution. RMP said, a credit investor, let's talk, Ty. Uh, okay. You can send an email. Send me an email if you could. I, it went through, so I couldn't see. Duplicate, don't innovate. Yeah, you can duplicate and innovate at the same time. So, do I sell products to make more money? Yeah. Well, I'm going to keep talking about this. is going to be an ongoing conversation in, the, in my podcast and the live calls. We're going to, I'm going to run because I actually got to shoot some, I'm doing some other stuff. Somebody said, Doc, damn, this guy's social media marketing agency expanding to my area, Leesburg. Yep. Ty, 16, too young to be listening to this. Nope. Sooner you start, or sooner you get the BS out of the way. So, if you could start at, Three years old, you'd be better off than starting at 16. If you could start at 16, it's better than 36, you know. There, there's an old saying, when's the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago or today? That's pretty much the right answer. Is there a crash coming, Ty? For sure. Someone said, Ty, what's a cap rate? It's exactly <laughs> what I told that guy. It's the rate of return <laughs> on real estate investment. That guy goes wrong. I did a debate. He goes, "What's cap rate?" I go, "Rate of return on real estate." He goes, "Wrong." It's the yeah. It's rate the. Of if you go to Google and type in <laughs> what is cap rate, it says the rate of return <laughs> on real estate. The exact that was one of my greatest. Car- I I now know how to do a debate with somebody. I will ask them a question, whether they answer it right or wrong. I'll go wrong, and then some people will actually believe. That you got it wrong. That's Although, what Trump did. Remember in the uh, debate, wrong. Did he say that? Hillary oh, would yeah. go over a list of things complaining. Wrong. He <laughs> <laughs> would sneak that in a lot. Yeah. Okay. Well, Joe, this was awesome. We're going to have Joe hey. on more often. For those of yeah. you who go to tylopez.com slash secrets and tylopez.com and you 
click. There's two different programs for social media. One's how to turn your own social media into an income for yourself, into a business. And the other, the that's the Secrets website, I mean, uh, uh, program. And then you can also learn how to build a social media marketing agency like Joe. I've taught over 25,000 people how to do that in the last eight months. Uh, go to tylopez.com and you'll see the link to the social media marketing agency at the top. If the program's closed, that means we're waiting for more people to graduate. We kind of have a group. We let them in and then you snooze, you lose. Then we open it back up so you can go on the wait list. So Joe, where should people, what's your Instagram or what's the best way to find you? Uh, they can find me on Facebook at forward slash Facebook, uh, forward slash Joe Soto page. And uh, they can also message me there. Joe Soto page. Yo, and Zach. Instagram is Joseph Soto. Where can people find you? Um, you can just do a search for Zach Cookman or Tetris God. And the number seven <laughs> is my Tetris God. Tetris God Believe it or not, number seven. I love it. McKenna, what'd you think? This is your first podcast. It was. It's super informative. I hope all of you guys were paying attention. McKenna is reading the book Blink by Malcolm oh, Gladwell. Yeah. Excellent. Says you can make it once you. Someone said, Is she a Leo? No, Scorpio. Yes, sir. Jack Stoddard said, Tetris God. I'm the Leo. Yeah, we have two. We have two. One oh, Leo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm August 7th. Yeah. What day are you? August what? 7th. I'm July 30th. Oh, you're one of those Leos. <laughs> you're a July Leo. Strong Leo. All right. We're headed out. Bye. Bye bye.